everybody, and welcome back to this episode of The Progress Report. And this week, we are joined by Sandrine. Woo! Hi! <laughs> and today's going to be a more kind of casual conversation uh, with Sandrine and I, and we're just going to be talking about different education systems uh, around the world and comparing education systems and uh, standardized testing and approaches to education, access to education, that kind of thing. Uh, just like a general talk about school. Yeah. yeah. Because school's done for a lot of people, so oh, yeah. why, why don't we just talk about it more? Yeah, at least for us, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, this will be interesting, and, like, the conversations, it's, like, we've obviously done, like, a bit of research on our own, but this is just kind of be, like, from our experience and, like, our perspective and, like, obviously, you know... Um, we're not, like, speaking on behalf of everybody, and this is just based on, like, what we've experienced, so, and, um, yeah, we're here to kind of, like, just talk about all things education, so. Yeah. Let's jump into it. I just, I see that school and education is a very kind of contested topic from what is taught in schools, to how it's taught, to who can attend certain schools, whether that be private or public education, and uh, what level of education people mm-hmm. think is, like, acceptable, uh, and honestly, just, like, so much more. Yeah. And that also, a lot of people complain about having to go to school. Yeah. I mean, everybody growing up, having to get up at 7 a.m. every day. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It's part of life. And obviously, it's not for everyone, and that's completely fair. Um, but I do think, and obviously, this is a personal opinion, um, that there's just a basic level of education um, that children should have in order to have an mm-hmm. equal chance to succeed in the world. And... Um, mm-hmm. that inequality where they don't have that equal opportunity yeah, is... I think that, like, for me, like, in terms of education, I know that, like, I'm really interested in um, ideas of, like, literacy and, like, because I obviously like to read and write, if anyone knows me. So I think that, like, ideas of, like, literacy and that aspect to education, because obviously what is taught around the world is so different and, like, each, you know, different countries teach things from their own perspective and their own culture and that sort of thing. Um, but I think that, like, uh, like looking at things from the perspective of, like, literacy, so the capacity to read and write just completely changes the game for if you have that knowledge and know how to, um, and if you, you can, you know, read a contract that you have to sign or, like, yeah. you know, be able to be able to sign your name on something that's so... Just basic things yeah. like that. I think that, like, literacy is, is itself as a part of education is something that's, like, important. I mean, at least from my opinion. No, but, exactly. I completely yeah. agree. And also, it's such an important topic for many obvious reasons, but also every child has the right to a primary education, which is guaranteed by the United Nations Convention on the Rights of a Child. And so I think that's also very interesting that children are guaranteed this right, but not everybody can actually Mm -hmm. um, follow through with it. Yeah, like the right is guaranteed. And I think that's like one thing that also kind of just like speaks to the UN. I mean, that's obviously not this conversation, but um, I think the sentiment is obviously like really good in there and that the idea is that like, you know, children should, you know, have the right to be educated if that's 
the path. Um, and so I think that, yeah, it is really important. And obviously it's recognized that it's important around yeah. the world. And it's also recognized in the UN 15 Sustainable Development Goals being the fourth one is quality education. And so obviously this goal aims to improve education rates around the world, which is so important um, because a fact is that in 2018, about 260 million children were not enrolled in school, which is shockingly to me, one fifth of the global population eligible in that age group to go to school. And so, and on top of that, uh, around the world, more than half of all the children um, don't meet minimum proficiency standards in reading and mathematics, Mm -hmm. which is honestly, to me, just like a little bit mind blowing Mm -hmm. and really solidifies why this conversation needs to be had. For sure. And I think that like, even when you're just talking about like, you know, rates about like enrollment and like hitting these like standards, I think like it's also important to like consider how these are being measured and also like how you know education is just like totally not an isolated topic when you're talking about um you know different countries around the world it also has to do with like income and race and gender that's like a huge thing and Mm -hmm. so um you know it's it's something that is also so intersectional i mean with everything that we talk about basically everything is all like really intersectional everything is connected (laughs) so um i think it's just like interesting and you can't you definitely can't like look at that in isolation like when you're talking about like enrollment rates what's the rule you know female male and like boy girl like comparison like i think that's also something that is interesting so um yeah and one like um sort of approach that we were interested in looking at was just like how um, education is taught around the world and the debate around what is valued in education. And so in terms of like how things are taught and how students learn. So for example, there's a debate around the world about what should be emphasized, whether that's creative thinking or you know basic academic skills and discipline. So um, according to a World Economic Forum survey, there's really no consensus on the best type of education. And I feel like this makes sense because, uh-huh. you know, different cultures around the world will value different, you know, ways of learning. And so I also think I it's think- interesting to highlight that I don't know if there should be oh, a absolutely um, a best way oh, to educate people. For sure. I definitely think that even like even here like in Canada and Ontario like people learn differently I remember Mm -hmm. when we were in school like or at least when I was in school you have to take the test like are you a visual learner an audio learner like how do you learn exactly and so I think that like there is not one universal way and so um but it is interesting to see like which like countries um value certain kinds of learning over others um I know here it's like we have a fact, another fact that says like six out of the 14 of 14 uh, developed countries value creative thinking slightly more than basic academic skills. But all developing countries saw that basic academic skills and discipline are more valuable. Um, And so, yeah, it it is like Mm -hmm. interesting just to see like those differences. Um, I mean, outside of even just like you know, developing developed countries, like even within like Canada, like you know, there's differences between, like, 
your political alignment. Like, yeah. left-wing versus right-wing political parties around the world will view education differently. Like, with the left mm-hmm. being more inclined to pursue um, creative thinking agendas, whereas the right maybe may favor more bas- basic, excuse me, basic academic skills and thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously this does not mean that one is better than the other. That's like yeah. not at all what we're saying. It's just it's just very interesting to know mm-hmm. that there's even a difference between that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's like, you know, this is like a debate that's totally not going to be solved because <laughs> I don't think that like one is right and one is no. wrong kind of thing. Because again, like what we were saying, people learn differently. And I think also that debate fosters like a healthy, not competition, Mm -hmm. but a healthy kind of um, approach to incorporating different kinds of learning um, and including um, different, whether it be audio, visual, um, hands-on, whatever, that kind of thing. Um, Because if there is just one universal way of educating people, then that's not going to get us too far. You'll leave out a lot of people. So exactly. Yeah. Um, But on top of, you know, political parties and (laughs) um, um, that kind of thing, you can also look at different places, how they what kind of skills um, and abilities they emphasize uh, when uh, in education. So, for example, Chinese education emphasizes memorization and learning by drill. And so this means that Chinese schools lean very strongly towards the memorization and retention of facts. And so this is demonstrated in a standardized test, which I will probably butcher the name, so pardon me, Gao Kao. I'm so sorry. But anyways, this is a university admissions exam, and it sees on what a student can memorize and repeat. Uh, And interestingly enough, like analysis and critical thinking are not tested. And so when I saw that, it automatically made me think of the U.S., like SATs, Mm -hmm. um, and different standardized tests that um, students around the world have to take to get into universities and colleges like the LSATs, the MCATs, even like EQAO that we had to take in like grade three and six and nine. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's very interesting that standardized tests are implemented around the world, but they're not even, they're standardized in one country. They're not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, um, you know, raises the question of whether, like, standardized testings really are the best way to measure students' abilities um, and skills, and, you know, if they are, should this, should that be, like, the determining factor of what education, like, students can pursue? And I mean, like, standardized tests, that's, like, a whole, (laughs) there's, like, a lot of, obviously, debate around that. That's a huge topic. But, like, you know, this even goes back to like how people learn differently and like not everyone is good to take tests and so I'm not sure we don't have like I have never taken the SATs so I don't know if there's like I'm sure there's probably some sort of like accommodation situation but you know still like I think that um you know it, it speaks to how like reliable they are and like you know 
life in general and, like, how you function is so much more than just taking a test. Like, yeah. And I think, like, I know me personally, like, I feel like, this is my opinion, but, like, a test does not best reflect who you are and, Absolutely like, your not. knowledge. I think that's, like, a, simply that, one component. You sit down for, like, an yeah. hour and you try and just regurgitate all this information. Yeah. And yeah. I personally, and I know so many people, have, like, test anxiety. Oh, yeah. And so I sit down and sometimes my mind just completely blanks and I don't think that's a fair representation of the knowledge that I have. Oh, fully. I definitely agree with that. And I think, like, you know, there's so much, like, so many other ways that you can, like, incorporate, like, your broad set of skills just, like, in life and it's it's more than just how you perform on tests. Mm -hmm. And, um... Obviously, there's going to be times where you're put in situations that are similar to tests, but... I just don't think that it's an accurate representation of the person that you are and your skills mm-hmm. and whether that deems you, um, like, smart enough to deserve sure. a certain grade. I think also, like, oh, let me look this up right now because I fully forget what it's called. But <laughs> it's really interesting to also consider, like, that fact that, like, different kinds of people in different p- positions. So say... Um, who people who, who are well off may like you know have the resources to be able to pay for tutors or mm-hmm. um, you know maybe doing other things as well like have other commitments and so like when it comes to like taking tests like standardized testing it, it can that definitely has an impact on like your results there's a really interesting art documentary on Netflix and I can't remember what it's called it has to do with the college admissions oh, scandal I think it's called college admissions is scandal. it okay so. well it's like really interesting and in just how like they basically forged these students like SATs mm-hmm. and like what that means for the rest of the students and yeah I think that that's kind of like a little side note but I think that's like really something to consider like just how like you know different factors like income and how the system how the system favors people who um have more opportunities to have like greater chances at success when it comes to standardized testing Mm -hmm. so for sure um and uh and yeah i think that like education like over time has been like obviously developed and, and changed but um you know the idea that like there's like a lot of people who are are you know billionaires who didn't finish high school or you know or not high mm-hmm. school but like dropped out of college you know yeah. uh, i think steve jobs i think yeah i think so i want to say oh gosh i'm not sure but um yeah you know, or even people like in the arts and entertainment industry it's, who like, it's very common for don't go to actors. The, yeah. and I'm pretty sure like Nicole Kidman, um, Aretha Franklin, I think I saw. Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like all these people. Yeah. So it just goes to show you that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I think also I saw this really, <laughs> I saw this post on social media that um, was interesting that I, I mentioned already to Jasmine, but the idea that like, um, you know, a certain amount of billionaires didn't finish college, so stay focused, but you know, like 99% of people are not going to be billionaires, so stay in school. <laughs> and I think that like, it honestly is that like, two sides of the coin like mm-hmm. it's not like one or the other kind of thing and yeah. I think it really depends on the person and um but you know valuing education is something that 
um, definitely shouldn't be overlooked, I think. And also, like, having an education can't hurt you. Exactly. So. Exactly. There's that, too. So, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, here, like, tying back to kind of what we were saying earlier about, like, people complaining, like, going to school, um, I think that, like, just being, like, grateful for the fact that we have access to education, I know, like, you know, even, like, obviously there's, like, a long way to go in terms of, like, costs, but, like, you know, here in Ontario, at least, it's, like, so much cheaper than it would Mm -hmm. be in the state to go to post-secondary, and so, um, just, like, being grateful for the access that we do have, even though, you know, it, it is still costly, like, um... I think that that just, like, valuing that is important, so. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously, I'm incredibly grateful. I know Sandrine's Mm -hmm. incredibly grateful um, to have the opportunity to attend post-secondary and um, continue our education, and um, we recognize how some people, like, how difficult this can be for some people. Mm -hmm. And, for example, uh, there's in Bangladesh... A lot of children go to school on floating boats, which I thought was um, wild (laughs) because, and when you think about it, it it makes sense. But again, these are things that we would never think about. And um, 70% of the total land area of Bangladesh is less than a meter above sea level. So this makes it prone to flooding and being affected by rainfall from, I think it's the Himalayas. And the population of Bangladesh is around 165 million people, and 32% of the people under the age of 15. Um, So this makes the school age population very large, um, and so also means that millions of children don't have access to education when the floods hit or there's a lot of rain. And, like, this means that Bangladesh, like, the state doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of money to provide uh, adequate facilities for children to yeah. go to school. Uh, so that's, like, another little bit yeah. of, like, interconnected, um, like, yeah, how the state has to deal with um, different factors. And so what they've done is they've come up with this innovative solution that sees these floodproof schools which are on boats and a lot of these boats have been created and set up by nonprofits uh, who have played a significant role in getting these children educated so it's interesting to see how um, Mm -hmm. like public and private uh, actors like the state and NGOs how they play in getting children yeah um educated i know and it's something that like here obviously like because that's a completely different like you know geographic like Mm -hmm. you know region but like how we would never like to us like we're so used to we're so used to like the regular like i don't know going to my house walking to rectangular building yeah Yeah, brick walls yeah so i think that like it's really interesting to see how like different countries adapt to like you know their um geographical like situation and And how they have to adapt to it for sure Um, and that just that there's so many different barriers that children and countries face that 
yeah, that we could never think of. And, like, the... I'm not going to say... Not, like, a classic one, but a pretty visual one that people, like, can easily visualize is that there's children going to collect water for their families. Right. Or, like, instead of going to school every day, you're in the house, like, performing... Yeah. Like, household... You're working. Like, taking care of your family, and there's the entire... Um, conversation around conflict and wars and children going to school in the middle of a war and, you know, they're literally risking their lives um, to go to school and what kind of how this affects children mentally and obviously just like mental health issues in general and so there's so many different barriers that uh, children face all around the world um, Mm -hmm. when getting an education. Yeah. And I think this, like, kind of reminds me of, like, a really interesting reading that we had to do for one of our classes, um, Culture and Development. And um, we had to read a chapter. The chapter is called um, Human Rights and Cultural Fantasies. And it's by, oh, let me look at it. Um, Emma Crew and Richard Axelby. That's that's the chapter. But basically, like, um, it was really interesting because it, it had to do a lot with, like, what we consider childhood to be like and the human rights associated with that um, and obviously that connects with like education um, but also just the the implications for like sometimes trying to enforce enforce these human rights which you know um, and along with like what we understand to be childhood so like here like I know this was so interesting I don't know when I read it, it was so like eye-opening but the idea that like a carefree, secure, happy, like, those aspects of childhood, that's something that, like, you know, we consider in the West to be childhood, but, like, that Mm -hmm. may not be the universal understanding of, like, childhood. And so, like, for example, like, the reading talked a bit about, like, child labor and in connection with, like, education, um, but kind of building off what you were saying, like, you know, sometimes, like, the children have to work to support these households, and mm-hmm. when you close, like, a factory, obviously, I, this is I'm not saying that child labor is good, <laughs> that is not at all what I'm trying to say, but, like, when you close a factory, you put these children out of work, and that puts their families at risk, and so, um, but doing that, you have to make sure that there is access to education that they can go and receive and mm-hmm. that you know the loss in income is supplemented somehow because it can really like hurt a family so if you and can't so tell it's a very it, complicated yeah because like scale. also because it could then push the child to okay so i can't go work at this factory but like what about all these other more dangerous riskier things that i yeah. need to take up to support the family you know and that's why access to education is important so that yeah. like they have that other route that they can go mm-hmm. but also compensating the family I and mean, it's just like so complicated and if it's a matter for the child or even the family between like life or death you have to provide for your family you have to make money Mm -hmm. it doesn't leave time or money to go to school like education is not a priority for a lot of these families and so that's also kind of where you see this cycle of uh providing for your family um having money to go to school uh being able to go to school yeah i think it's so um like connected with like a bunch of other issues that like are Mm -hmm. really prominent just so many social issues yeah so it's um yeah like the the idea that like the the poverty cycle um 
you know, going to educate, like going to school and being educated to like get a better paying job and, and that sort of thing, um, is really important, but obviously there's like so much that influences that. So I think that, um, yeah, like we could honestly sit here and talk about like these like topics for so long. Cause there's just so much to talk about and it mm-hmm. is so connected to like our what we consider childhood or like you know capitalism or human rights mm-hmm. or you know conflict and mental health that sort of thing and so um yeah like obviously like in our experience like we've been like privileged to not have to like deal with anything like that mm-hmm. so no yeah. for sure and i think that though us being in this position and us having this privilege also allows us to look at the big picture mm-hmm. of being able to look at different um, like education systems around the world and see where these inequalities are and um, how it happens. And yeah, just the fact that looking at the big picture of education like holy that education doesn't hurt like anybody mm-hmm. and you know having access to schools and having these infrastructure it obviously improves every aspect of a community's health and well-being mm-hmm. um the economy uh getting kids to go to school yeah um giving them opportunities to grow and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, for and, sure. And obviously, like, when you go to school, you learn how to set goals and solve problems and um, all these different kinds of things. Yeah. Which also helps your community build a business or, like, helps your local community build businesses and the economy. And so just everything starts with education, mm-hmm. I guess, is the big picture here. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that, like, access to education like that's obviously like our overarching like theme for the month but like Mm -hmm. I think like who has access to that is like obviously like a huge big picture topic because like we were saying earlier like you know the gender disparity between like boys and girls is like a really big you know factor of who is educated and that also speaks to like bigger ideas of like you know gender expectations for Mm -hmm. like boys and girls um and and so yeah i think just also like not even just gender but like access in terms of like you know costs and income like if you want to go to school you have to buy all these supplies maybe you have to buy a uniform Mm -hmm. like textbooks Mm -hmm. that sort of thing or like you know transportation to get to school you know unless you walk like i think those are all factors um, not even just like I'm, I'm. I'm thinking more like you know around the world kind of thing, not just here in Canada. Because obviously, like I know I took school buses, <laughs> but um, like that sort of thing. And I think like making it accessible for everyone um, is something that is a big picture mm-hmm. um, idea. So for sure. And so obviously, this episode we need to talk about what progress looks like to us. So Jasmine, I ask, <laughs> I ask you. What does progress look like to you for access to education? Well, I would definitely say that it would be achieving 
the UN Sustainable Development Goal of quality education and access to education because um, that is a very um, like tangible idea of like that is already in place so achieving that and progressing towards every child being able to have that primary education is definitely what progress would look like to me but I think it's difficult because it will look different all around the world because of how because of everything that we've talked about um because of how education is valued um and that kind of thing and so I think more just holistically just prioritizing access to education over the kind of education that children receive is what progress would look like to me what about you sandrine (laughs) what would progress look like to you um kind of just like what we were saying earlier about what i was saying earlier about equity and fairness i think that would be like a big thing in terms of what progress looks like to me not just like you know in the global south around the world but here as well in canada i think is huge this kind of you know touches upon other things we'll talk about this week in terms of like the the blog post that i'll be writing or um the other podcast we'll do about Mm -hmm. the future of education but you know making sure that everyone has affordable and equal access for education if they want it nobody should feel you know excluded based on who they are or how much money they have Mm -hmm. you know making education here like even like simply like post-secondary like making it more affordable for people because that can be that can be a huge barrier i know in germany it's free yeah or it's just like the, the the price differences even even like obviously like i don't I'm not from the state, so I actually don't know these figures. But like, the the cost of like edu- post secondary in the states is like obscene. Mm-hmm. I I don't know exact figures, but I know that like it is a huge difference it's versus absurd. what we pay here. And so just like some like even that, people go into massive amounts of debts to try and get a degree. That obviously, like I'm not sure if you might talk about this or not, but you know post-secondary now is like is it even worth getting a degree anymore here yeah. <laughs> um that's a whole other conversation but still i think that if you want it you should have access to it and so i think that's a really important yeah, point so that i think that like for me progress would look like just that aspect even around the world you know if those if people want it they shouldn't be forced to pay like ridiculous amounts of it and put them at a disadvantage um yes. and that that does speak to ideas of like private versus public education which is sort of connected to this which i will be writing a blog post about if it's <laughs> not already out <laughs> but um yeah so i think that um that would be what i would say progress to me would just be that mm-hmm. people have fair access to quality education if they want it and that there is not a that barrier I think it's really important that you give people the opportunity to decide for themselves that for sure education is not for like because yes education is not for everybody like a higher level of education is not for everybody but I think the most important thing here is that you give people the opportunity to make that decision for themselves and you don't let the barriers that they face decide for them decide for them i fully agree exactly and so also that 
if people don't decide to pursue an education past a certain level, then you're making sure, or like obviously the state, the government, the community, whatever, make sure that there is support for them outside of education to still have that successful life because education is such a... Like, it's such a path that people are expected to go down. And so when you don't, you're kind of like an outcast and you're kind of left to fend for yourself almost. Obviously, there's different pathways you can take, but uh, I don't think they're as accessible to people that don't know how to, like, find them. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. And just that, like, education is so important. And so just not taking it for granted and being aware of the privilege that you have and uh, if you have the opportunity to have option in where you want to go, what you want to do, even just in that of itself is very valuable. Yeah, I fully agree. And also just, like, yeah, even the idea that, like, um, being aware of you know the system that we're used to and the system that we went through here in Ontario and, and recognize that like this is the system that we followed because it's the what we the you know province believes is the most successful or like even going on to go to post-secondary that's like what has been like generally accepted to be the most successful pathway mm-hmm. um, but obviously this is not universal different places define success differently and so that's why like you know different places look different from each other or like like systems all around the world look differently depending on how they value what they value yeah exactly connecting back to literally how we started this whole talk and so I just think that if you don't like adhere to a system's um vision of success then that's not like that's okay yeah for sure I don't think you should feel like any less no exactly yeah I feel like that kind of just like wraps up our conversation definitely um just that like education is important and it's a valuable (laughs) tool but also that it's it's extremely subjective and connected to a lot of topics and a lot of other things yes is everything (laughs) absolutely everything in the world yeah um but i guess yeah that is all for today's episode uh obviously thank you sandrine for you're welcome having this talk with me and um it's a topic that is obviously widely discussed and recognized that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. um and there's so much more than to what we talked about today but we will cover uh way more this month obviously so make sure you read sandrine's blog post next week and keep up with what's going on and checking out the website to see any kinds of resources that we've posted um and i guess that's all that we have for this week yeah thank you jasmine for being (laughs) the host today of course so until next week